Ladies, it's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we face each and every day. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson, and this is a solo episode, guys. So it's just you and I today. First, patting myself on the back as we celebrate one year of the In My Shoes podcast. That's right. We turned a year old this month. I did a few episodes in February just for you guys to get a little flavor of who I am, but we officially launched with my tribe and our first in-studio guests back in March of 2020. So I'm excited about that. We'll be celebrating all month long. And today I wanted to do a solo episode just to say hello to those who may be new, remind all of you why we started this journey. And the thing I really want to talk about today is why this almost did not happen. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So first, for those of you who may be new, I started this. It was first a blog because I am the mother of a special needs child. She's now a young adult. And just a quick story about her, just a quick update. So our biggest drama has been she got bit by a Rottweiler right above her eye, just a little bit lower, and we could have had different problems. And of course, the people she was with immediately go into self-preservation mode and they drop her back off to the group home where she was staying. She was in a, a group home, but it's not the traditional. So she has quite a bit of freedom. And of course, they didn't want to take her to the emergency room because then people start asking questions about the dog. He may have to be tested. He could be put down if he's deemed aggressive. So we get her to the ER. It doesn't look as bad as it, you know, at first with the blood. They cleaned her up, stitches. I had to go out to where she lives every, you know, twice a day to make sure she took her medicine. They gave her a tetanus shot. We could never get her to get her to tell us what really happened, who owned the dog. It was a hot mess. So uh, that's the quick update on her. But I am the mother of a special needs child with multiple diagnoses. Uh, One is a mental health diagnosis that came later. But the um, other diagnoses, the ADHD, the autism came when she was much younger. And so I immersed myself in uh, support groups. Um, seminars, workshops, so that I could better understand books, whatever I could find, so I would know the best way to help her. And this all really started for me when I attended a support group meeting. Um, And when I would go to most of these things, I was the only person of color in the room. And I don't mean the only black person. I mean the only person of color. And I went to a support group where this is supposed to be a safe space. We're all here because we're battling the same type of thing. We have a child with some disabilities and it can be challenging, not only because the system makes it difficult. I was upset sometimes and frustrated with the system because things that she's entitled to the fight that I had to put up for her to get it was ridiculous. But there were times, many times, as those of you who follow me know, where I was just straight up aggravated with her, especially as she got older. And so this is supposed to be a space where we're all kind of going through the same stuff where you can be supported. And I got up and talked about what I was going through just as everybody else did in the room. And one of the mothers goes to the moderator afterwards and says that she's concerned about, you know, the way I was speaking and I just seemed so angry. Um, And I immediately got defensive um, because, it, you know, it goes to the whole angry, angry black woman thing. So when you guys get up and talk about how frustrated you are, you're speaking your truth. When I do it, I'm angry. And I thought, you know, this is so not for me to be judged at all. And especially to be judged by a woman who is going through the same stuff I'm going through. Like, for real, it, it was too much. So I started blogging because if you know me, you know, I love to write. And it was a way for me to really release what I was going through. Um, 
and I and and to not feel judged by it. Um, and it took me a while to get to the place where I did not allow what other people thought because when you have a special needs child. Everybody thinks they know, right? Or they think it's you or they read somewhere where if you just keep them busy, if they're really like y'all think we just let, I mean, obviously we, we tried different things. You know, there are other things that play with my daughter. So it's not just being autistic. It's not just having ADHD, but people who are on the outside think they know, you know, hence the name in my shoes, because if you've never walked this way, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. So it was a way for me to educate those who think they know when they don't. And also to encourage other women, people of color, to know that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to be upset. I have straight call blocked my daughter. I think I've talked about that before. Straight up call blocked that sister. And I have no apologies for it. My daughter has my husband's number, her dad. My parents' number, her grandparents. My sister's numbers, her niece, her aunts. My um, in-laws' numbers, her other grandparents. She knows how to reach someone if she's truly, truly in distress. So for my own mental health, I have to take a break because I can't really help her if I'm all over the place and she can call me, hang right up, call me back, hang up, call me back, hang up in, in the course of a half hour, she can call me 45 times waiting for me to answer. And I may be on a call, didn't hear the phone, whatever. So, um, you know, I had to, this was a way for me to be able to express all of that. And I have to worry about somebody getting up and telling the moderator that they were concerned about me. So As I began blogging, I thought, you know, I want people to feel comfortable saying how they're feeling. And so I started sharing it and I got great feedback. And as I continued, I realized, you know, I wasn't the only one with the story. And there are lots of things that we as people of color go through, women of color that aren't highlighted. People don't talk about it as much. And I felt like this is my opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to step forward and talk about it. And then as I realized other women had stories to tell, the podcast was born from there. And so that's how it all started for me. Um, And when I began, I, I said to you, I wanted to really get into why it almost didn't happen. And um, so I'm going to call this when in doubt, basically. And it'll it'll be clear why in a few minutes. But um, when I decided I wanted to do this, um, I was so filled with you know, what if, what if, what if? And I think that a lot of times we talk about how people on the outside can kill a dream, right? It can be a buzzkill. You tell somebody you have this idea and they totally start telling you why it's not going to work. And it's like, really? (laughs) So we talk about that a lot, but what we sometimes fail to mention is the amount of self doubt, you know, that we can plant in our own heads and mess up our own flow before anybody else even has the opportunity to do that. And I think I'm going to talk about this on a larger scale with some of my tribe, but um, I wanted to share it as it relates to this podcast because I was talking to a couple of friends today and one girlfriend is like totally in that zone. She's completely paralyzed. She has this opportunity. And when you look at it, you go, sis, why are we even talking about this? Why won't you do this? But she is stuck because... What she has over here is like a sure thing. And there is some unknown to this. And I think that a lot of times, at least I know for me and a lot of my friends and and people uh, in my community, people of color that I talk to, we are taught to take that safe route because we have to work so hard to get what we have. Why gamble with it? Why take that risk? So you take that safe job. You take that safe 
route because who knows what is going to happen over here and if you'll be able to get back and it's so hard for us to get the coins that, and that we're so afraid to try something new that may really cause us hey we may be out of some money it may not go the way we want it to go will we be able to rebound the way that our white counterparts can rebound Will we be able to do that? And so I think it makes us really, really scared sometimes to even take tiny steps forward. And that's kind of where she is. And I've used this example before, but if you know me, you also know that I love HGTV, watch it all the time. And there's a show flip or flop with Tarek and Christina, right? And if you know anything about the show, um, they flip houses, whatever. So when the show first began, they were like living in, I think it was her parents' basement. They had like maxed out all their credit cards to buy property to flip. And now they've divorced, but they still have their show. They each have their own shows. And like I was watching um, Christina and she was, you know, selling the house that she and her ex-husband were in. And, oh, my, you know, my, my, um, my budget for my new house is $3 million. And I'm like, <gasps> I, I can't even fathom that. Now, I'm not telling anybody to max out their credit cards. That's not what I mean. But I'm saying that, you know, a lot of times our white counterparts are willing to take some of those risks that we just don't feel we can take. And it paralyzes us, not only when it comes to big stuff like that, because I'm going to tell you, I'm not that brave. I'm not maxing out my credit cards. But it even stopped me in the beginning from taking the step of starting something as simple as this podcast. And that's where my girlfriend is right now. She's in the but what if. And that was me. So I wanted to start the podcast. I thought, wow, you know, I have these really dope conversations with my girlfriends. And if we could record this, I think we'd be on to something, right? And for a good four or five months, it was what if nobody listens? What if I can't get guests? Because after all, who the heck am I that you would want to be on my little brand new podcast? What if I can't figure out how to run this equipment? What if... Nobody will subscribe. I mean, I just did this over and over and over for months. And it happens to all of us. I'll give you another example. My sister's going to kill me, but I told her I was putting her on blast. So she'll be okay. But, you know, my sister, part of my tribe, she has designs by Lynn. And she does custom gifts, you know, personalized gifts, t-shirts, mugs, etc. And at the start of the pandemic, she had made a few masks for people. And it seemed to be gaining in popularity. And so she found a vendor where she could order a wholesale, a box of several hundred. Y'all, when I tell you she and I went back and forth for a solid week about whether or not she should buy these masks, it was, what if I can't sell them? What if I can't at least make the money back that I put into it? What if this pandemic, because this was early in the pandemic, doesn't go on as long as we think it is, and I'm stuck with these masks that I can't do anything with? Like, literally, we went through it back and forth and back and forth. Had that been... Um, I believe a white counterpart, they'd have bought four or five boxes, wouldn't even thought twice. Here we are literally freaking out over one box, one box. And it wasn't like a gigantic amount of money. It wasn't like she was going to spend her mortgage, but it wasn't $25 either. And sometimes for us, several hundred dollars is like, mm, gosh, do I want to do that? And I could have done something else with the money. So long story short, she finally bought the masks. And ended up needing another box and was mad at herself for not buying more than one because when she went back to get a second one, they were on back order. She had to wait. And it's that what if, what if, what if. And it's funny, we never do the what ifs on the other end. You know, even when 
friends of mine have talked to me about adopting. What if I get a child like your daughter? What if I don't get all the information? Well, what if you end up with a kid with a child like my with with a child like my son? He doesn't have any issues or disability. What if it could go either way? And I think we always focus on that negative and it stops us from being able to move forward. And so um what I did and what she and I did during that time when we were like grappling, trying to figure out should she buy this box of masks? There are three things that I really want to suggest that you do. Um, and I'm hoping that this will help somebody who is like I was a year ago. You want to start, but you're afraid because of the what ifs that are circling around in your head. And there are three things that I really, really wanted to do and that I thought was helpful to me and I hope it will help you. And one, the first one is, so when in doubt, right? Because that's what it is. It's just doubt. When in doubt, first, think of the worst case scenario, right? So in my case, what's the worst that could happen if I start this podcast? To me, the worst thing that could happen is that I start the podcast and nobody listens, like nobody, <laughs> you know, maybe a couple of my girlfriends who are trying to support me. But other than that, nobody. So go there, go to the worst case scenario and sit with it. In my sister's case, what's the worst that could happen? I could buy these masks and not be able to sell them. Right. In either case, we weren't going to lose our house. We weren't going to not be able to, you know, order out if we needed to. We could pay all our bills. None of that. It wasn't like we were going to lose something catastrophic if we took this leap of faith and it did not work out. So go there. What is the worst thing that could happen? And decide after you actually sit with it, is it as bad as you've worked it up in your mind? Now for me, maxing out my credit cards, what's the worst that could happen? This don't work and I owe thousands of dollars on my credit card. That might've been enough for me to decide maybe I need to fulfill this dream another way, right? But at least you, I went there and I can sit with it and say, okay, is this as bad as I thought? Will I be crushed or my feelings hurt or whatever because nobody listened to my podcast? Sure, but the world is not gonna come to an end. My life is not going to be over it's, it's a, it's a disappointment I could handle, right? The same with my sister. So if you buy these masks and cannot sell them, okay, you'll be stuck with them. There are always people, you know, who are going through cancer treatments. They wear masks for a multiple, you know, amount of reasons, a variety of reasons. Maybe you donate them. So that was the first thing. What's the worst? And you may be able to prohibit some of it. If you, if you really go there, you may be able to realize that you've built it up to be worse than it really is. And then you can kind of take a deep breath from that. The second thing that I would suggest you do that I did was speak it out loud or write it down. For me, I, I wrote it down um, with, with you know goals of how I wanted to make this work. And I spoke it out loud for the first time when I spoke it out loud. It was me and God. And I just said it, right? And again, sit with it. So I've said it out loud now, like, you know, the, nobody swallowed me up. No voice from on high came down and said, daughter, this is a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, you know, I said it out loud, nothing major happened, but there's something about speaking it, about writing it down that makes it feel more real than when it's just swimming around in your head. And so I wrote it down and I said it out loud. And then I took the next step, which was to say it to people that I knew would be in my corner. 
And that's important. You don't want them Debbie Downers, as we call them. No, but somebody who they're not going to tell you what you want to hear, but they're not so not also going to. Well, what about this? And did you think about that? But they will say, hey, that's a really great idea. You know, if they see things that they think will be helpful to you, they'll tell you that. If they see some pitfalls that maybe you haven't thought of, they'll tell you that too. So they're going to be there to support you and really help you work through it. Kind of like what I did for my sister. I didn't want to tell her what to do. I thought it was a no-brainer girl by these masks. But it's always easy for you to see it when it's somebody else's situation. So my job was to help her. Okay, Amber, let's go through the pros and cons of, of buying these masks. And I was there for her to bounce ideas off of until she was able to get to a decision that she was comfortable with. Because it's always easy for me to tell you how it's a no brainer, girl, do it. But then when it's my situation, it doesn't seem like such a no brainer. So you want people that you can bounce ideas off of. And they also make great accountability partners. Okay, sis, you told me three months ago you want to start this podcast. Fam, I've seen nothing. So what are we doing? (laughs) You know, they're there. To say, hey, what happened? Where are you? Because the self-doubt thing is constant. And you're always having to really kind of go, okay, let's not go there. Let me, let me, you know, let me plow forward. So having those people in your corner who can say, hey, I haven't heard you mention it lately. Or I thought you had a plan. What's up? And they were all, when I spoke it out loud and said it to them, so supportive. They were there for me on launch day, even those who weren't on the first few episodes, they were like the studio audience. There's a picture that I love that I've shown several times and I'll share it again, where we're all in my friend's apartment because we did it at her apartment, had the mic set up and the whole bit. And we're all laughing and smiling and they were all there almost as if it was their podcast that they were starting as well. So they were really there for me when I finally was brave enough to say, this is what I want to do. And finally, if you are on the cusp of something that you really want to do and you're finding it hard to move forward, just take a step. Just do it. So I said it out loud. I wrote it down and then I started researching what was the best computer, the best mics, what was the best editing software, were there little classes that I could take? Because remember, I knew zero jack squat about editing any of that. I listened to podcasts that I wanted to emulate. So I started to put a plan in motion to where it made me feel more comfortable because it's one thing to say, I want to do it. It's another to really figure out what it takes to get it done. So just do that. Move forward and start working towards it because the more you do it, the more comfortable you are with it. And had I not done those things, I would not be here celebrating a year of In My Shoes, the podcast. It would still be this dream. And you know, now everybody and their mama has started a podcast during the pandemic. So, you know, the next self-doubt was, okay, I've been doing this for a while. And now it's like, well, who's going to want to listen to me? Well, you can listen to Michelle Obama, (laughs) you know? So I had to talk myself through that. You know, no, don't stop because other people are now doing it. Um, you know, that's no reason for you to stop. There's a space for you too. And whatever it is that you are wanting to do, there's a space for you too. whatever it is. If it's making masks, if it's a podcast, if it's a blog, if it's whatever the venture is, whatever that thing is, there's space for you too. And I'm excited about where it has taken me. I've met people that I never would have had the opportunity to meet 
Some of them are now following me on social media. They're egging me on. Some of them I can count as friends. They've been on the podcast multiple times. I've been able to interview, um, you know, a couple of famous people. So, you know, authors, I've really been able to dive in in a way that I would not have been able to. I've been able to really see a side of myself that I wouldn't have been able to explore if I had not done this. And I still struggle with it. Like I said, worrying about, okay, now these other people have a podcast or I will tell you today, I'm just going to confess it. I've probably recorded this seven or eight times because part of me, if you notice, I have very few solo episodes. And part of that is because I still wonder, well, what if, you know, people don't want to hear just me. It's one thing when I have a guest and I'm helping them tell their story. It's another when I'm putting myself out there and I'm doing all the talking and it's all about me. And so I still struggle with that. And I, like I said, at least y'all eight times I have co- recorded this worrying about, am I talking too long? Am I talking too fast? Blah, blah, blah. So it's always something that you have to deal with, but I promise you, you can be so proud of yourself for just moving forward. We're a year old and I've gotten the last time I checked, we were close to 8,000 downloads. Um, And that was another thing I had to struggle through. You know, this is just a side note, comparing yourself to others. You know, I know we talked about the three main things, but that's another thing we have to quit doing. You know, I'm in several podcasting groups and some of them will say, oh, I reached 8,000 downloads, 10,000 downloads in three months. Here I am a year and I'm just getting there. But guess what? I started from what if nobody is going to listen. And from there, I'm 8,000 in. And let me tell you, This, yo, I don't know why, but I have almost as many people in India, shout out to India, (laughs) who listen to my show as I do in the United States. Have no idea why that is, but I do. I've had downloads from Africa, Australia, Canada. So I can say that my podcast that I didn't think anybody would want to listen to has gone global in less than a year. So I can be proud of that. And I'm just hoping that it gives you inspiration to take those steps too and to move into whatever is next for you. You know, I'm excited about growing in my shoes. We've started to get into the journaling space. I told you I love to write. This started as a blog and I still blog and I still journal. Not as much because the podcast, you know, it's a lot of planning and editing and getting guests, but I still write. Um, regularly because I love it. Words have power, they have meaning. And I think that obviously not everybody is comfortable, you know, sharing their truth the way I'm doing it in a podcast. But I think that it's important for us all to find a way to express ourselves, to write down those hopes and dreams that maybe we're not ready to share with the world, but put it on paper, write it down, look at it. You know, the wonderful thing about journaling, whether it's our gratitude journal, whether it's our self-care journal, the new one that we have out, which is part writing prompts and part of it is free writing. Um, It's called the All About Me Journal. Whatever it is, whether it's a journal you've gotten from somewhere else, wherever you're getting it from, whatever you're doing. Journaling to me is a great form of therapy because guess what? Your journal is never going to judge you. (laughs) Oh, I got to put that one down on Instagram. (laughs) Your journal will never judge you. So you can write down how you're feeling and you're never going to hear your journal say, why did you say that? Or I can't believe that's what you were thinking. And guess what? It will never judge you the way that mom judged me that day who was going through the same things I'm going through, but she still judged how I was expressing myself. 
your journal will never do that to you. So encouraging women, especially women of color, to at least start there, writing down their thoughts, their feelings, you know, whether it's learning to have a gratitude mindset, whatever the journaling does for you, I just think it is such a a magical and powerful thing to do. And I'm excited and honored to be able to do that. And I don't know if I would have stepped out and done that had I not had this podcast. And again, worrying about, is anybody going to buy this? Will this speak to anyone? I just had to put it out there. Uh, and it's been really, really successful and well-received. Um, you know, we have a private Facebook journaling group. So if any of you are interested in joining that, any women of color who want to join our journaling group, we just encourage each other to keep writing, to keep putting those thoughts down. Hit me up, you know, email me and I will send you the link to join that group. But these are things that I never would have been able to do if I had not taken that step one year ago and decided that what I wanted, my hopes, my dreams, what I was feeling was worth putting out there, that I owed it to myself to try it, to see what would happen. Um, and I'm glad that I did it. This is going to be a short one today, guys. I just wanted to share my thoughts about what it means to me to still be doing this week in and week out after a year. You're going to hear from a lot of members of my tribe, some who've been on this show several times, some who haven't been on as often, but it'll be great to hear what they've been up to, what their thoughts are on what's been going on in the world in the last year, what they've been doing in the last year. I'm excited to bring that to you guys as well. Um, I would ask you if you know a woman, a person who is paralyzed, you know, they want to move forward and they can't just share this with them. Um, I hope that it will bless them. Uh, because truly, I am honored to be able to have people from all over the world take the time to click on whatever link they got to click on, to put their headphones in, to, to do whatever they do, to listen to what I have to say, to listen to the guests that I bring to the table week in and week out. And I'm grateful to all of you for doing that. And I hope that you'll continue. Um, you know, we're trying to get to that all magic number of 10,000. That's like the holy grail in podcasting. And so we're looking to get there. And I know you guys are going to help us with that. If you listen at all on iTunes, I, you know, on your iPhone, your iPad, if you would rate and review us, the more of those we get, the higher we are in the ratings and the easier it is for new people to find us. So guys, I hope that this was helpful to you. I am looking forward to a month of celebrating in my shoes and our one year anniversary. And so until next week, be blessed. Want to know more about what we're doing at In My Shoes? Head on over to our website, www.inmyshoestoday.com and join our mailing list. You will also find great information there about all of the wonderful journals that we have to offer. If it's self-care that you're into, a gratitude mindset, or you need a little help getting started, we have something for you. And don't forget, hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com if you want to join our journaling Facebook group.